So what we did is we launched a website where you could log in and you could upload photos and videos, kind of move them around. We had a thing called my video, you know, my story, all these different things and, you know, kind of prompt them on things that they want to showcase uh, and, and uh, display to a college. And so we had over 200 colleges that were asking for it. Welcome to Collective Enrollment, a special four-part podcast series that explores the future of student marketing and recruitment, brought to you by Zimi and Enrollify. Over the next four weeks, you'll get a crash course on what Collective Enrollment is, why it matters for both enrollment and marketing professionals, and how to adopt Collective Enrollment strategies into your enrollment marketing mix. We'll explore what a world without Facebook and the College Board might mean for new student acquisition. We'll hear the founding story of Zimi, and we'll learn from current high school students about how they want to and don't want to be recruited by institutions. This series is brought to you by Zimi. Zimi is the go-to social community for students headed to college. More than 1 million students use Zimi to connect and chat with other prospective students interested in the same colleges and universities. And more than 150 schools use Zimi to establish and facilitate quality relationships with future students as early as their sophomore year in high school. To learn more about Zimi, head on over to colleges.zimi.com and be sure to tell them that your friends over at Enrollify sent you their way. Without further ado, welcome to Collective Enrollment. In the final episode of Collective Enrollment, you'll meet Adam Metcalf, co-founder of Zimi. Before the financial crisis of 2008, Adam had worked as a financial advisor for Morgan Stanley. After 2008, Adam decided it was time to do something different. Turns out he just wasn't all that passionate about advising folks on how to increase the performance of their portfolios. So Adam went and got a master's degree in education and he became a teacher. And it was during this chapter of his life where the idea, which would eventually become Zimi, was born. Tune in to hear the remarkable story of how a company that almost lost it all pivoted to become the number one college search app and one of the most popular social network apps on the App Store. You can connect with Adam on LinkedIn or Twitter via the links in the show notes below. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. This is episode four of the Enrollify Zimi partnered podcast series. And today I am chatting with Adam Metcalf, who is co-founder of Zimi. And you're also the chief evangelist officer, I believe, my friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> how are you doing today, man? Zach, how are you doing? Good to see you, my friend. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, giving us the opportunity to be on Enrollify. Obviously, what you're doing is, is the best uh, in higher ed today. And so, um, yeah, just very thankful for that opportunity to be here with you. No, I'm, I'm excited. And I feel like this is the, you've been on our starter stories podcast. I think you came on to our core, our core show as well. And now we're doing a special series together. So, um, you know, I, by now our listeners are probably familiar with, with your voice and your, your generous words of wisdom. Um, so excited to, to give them some more, but what, <laughs> I don't know about that, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what we're going to do today is, uh, this is the last part of our, of the series that we've been working through here. And, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about collective enrollment. We got to hear from Vanessa, who's the current CEO of, of Zimi, but we have yet to do a deep dive on the story of Zimi and really, you know, an, an expose of sorts of how Zimi actually works. So, for for our listeners, I, I'm really excited because I know that I'm going to learn a lot through this conversation. But uh, I wanted to have you on, Adam, to 
you know, hear the hear the founding story. You were there from the start. So I'd love to kind of kick off our conversation with you just sharing as much or as you know little as you're willing to share about where the idea from uh, for Zimi actually came from. And, you know, what were some of the more significant moments and, and milestones along the way? Yeah, no, great question. Yeah. And thanks for uh, wanting to dig down uh, and, and un, you know, unravel the, the past nine years, I guess now. So, um, yeah, so it started uh, with my friend and I, uh, Juan J. Singh, and we were trying to come up with an idea to have an impact in education. I was a teacher in the classroom, um, just working with students. I had taught internationally for a few years and come back and taught uh, here in the United States in a rural district um, in Wyoming. And uh, yeah, I was just passionate about how do we help students transition um, from high school to college. In the early days, this you know looked different at Zimi in terms of we were really kind of the pioneers in the space of going test optional um, nine years ago and um, trying to get uh, colleges to move away from standardized testing. Obviously, something has become far more prominent today. And, and if you look at the research, there's um, a profound impact um, on low-income students, um, especially as it relates to SAT, ACT. And just as an educator, I really, um, I'm against a lot of summative mm. testing. Um, oftentimes, it you know, ends up reflecting more um, about socioeconomic status than a student's ability to learn and achieve. And so, um, as I worked with a number of students in the classroom that, you know, um, we're living in low income households, you know, they go home at night and, you know, mom, uh, is single mom and boyfriend may be abusive. Dad may be in prison. You don't know what they're going through in their life. And then we're asking them to come, you know, back and, and take a quiz and a test on like, you know, the Napoleonic Wars. Huh. So I think that, you know, there's just a disconnect there. Um, and, you know, K-12 today with some of the things that we're doing to test students and, you know, assess, um, and in reality, it's just not helpful. And so as an educator, you know, we were processing through like, how do we, you know, empower these students, um, to have more access, uh, in the college admissions process. And so the early days, the way we did this is we allowed the students to add photos and videos into the college application. Uh, and that was called Zimi Story. Okay. And so it was a portfolio. So you could use that as a way to really kind of set yourself apart in the college application process. And we used to say, you know, you know, more than a score, right? So be seen as more than a score. And that's where the name Zimi came from. It was a play off of Zimi. Um, and everybody was naming their company was Z back then. So we went with, uh, you know, Zimi. <laughs> uh, over time, what we found is that this actually was only really valuable to you know, probably tens of thousands of students, but not hundreds of thousands or millions of students, right? Um, and it wasn't as valuable to our college partners. It was interesting, right? It was interesting for them to be able to watch a video and see more about the student, um, but it wasn't necessarily like indicative of future success. And so the value there wasn't as profound. And what we discovered once we started getting students onto the app and students were creating those portfolios, there was demand from the students to be able to connect and create community. Right. And, and Gen Z is so communal, yeah. as you and I have talked about a number of times, um, that they were just desiring, you know, to be able to connect with one another and to do it way before they're admitted. Right. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Like so many schools today, they still wait. <laughs> students are admitted to connect them. And they're literally leaving years on the table now, years on the table of connection. Yeah. There's zero reason any school should wait until students are admitted to connect them today. Yeah, I mean, you just really if you're doing that you haven't embraced what Gen Z is, hmm. right? And you have to change your, your enrollment paradigm um, because you're not really facing the present day realities of Gen Z. 
and they desire so much to be collective. They desire so much to be communal. Um, and so we really moved that direction um, because uh, we just saw there was a demand there from the students and that became so much more helpful for the students as they transitioned from high school to college. Um, just being able to feel like they could connect and make friends. It's that simple. That's, that's all we do is we just help students make friends mm. and has a profound impact on enrollment. So yeah, a little bit of the story there and a little bit of, of what we do today. That's super helpful. So just to clarify a couple things. So it would, was it originally like a website? Like students would go to a website, zimi.com and then they'd kind of create a profile and then what they'd share like a link to their profile as a part of their, their college application. Would you guys send the info directly to the schools for the students or like, what was, what was sort of like V1 like? So what we did is we launched a website where you could log in and you could upload photos and videos, kind of move them around. We had a thing called my video, you know, my story, all these different things and, you know, kind of prompt them on things that they want to showcase uh, and, and uh, display to a college. And so we had over 200 colleges that were asking for it, mm. um, their application process. So they'd ask on the website, they'd ask through the common app, students could drop a link there um, and then... Um, this, the colleges uh, could click the link if they were on Slate. Um, I think there was a link that you could click um, to open it up. Um, sometimes it kind of rendered flat, and so you had to copy and paste it. But um, yeah, so that was kind of the, that was the early rendition of. The and then you guys moved to the, the next like uh, big iteration is when you become a mobile app, and that's really sort of when you create this experience where students can log on, create a little profile, and then ultimately begin to follow schools that they are at least somewhat interested in possibly enrolling in. Is that is that sort of the natural or the next evolution? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So we really went more full bore with community in 2018. And Vanessa joined as CEO. And um, yeah, I mean, she just has a fantastic product mind. Yeah. Um, and he's been in tech for a long time. And, um, and so it's been, you know, really fantastic under her, you know, guiding the ship in that direction of building out so many features for the students to just connect and make friends. Um, so that was about 2018 that we started heading that direction. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, you've said, you said you've been working, uh, on Zimi for the past nine years. I'm sure you've seen lots of ups and downs, lots of iterations you've been, you know, oh, late nights, early mornings, uh, all the above, yeah. uh, fully, fully immersed. And, you know, as, as a co-founder, you have this, you have this really unique, uh, perspective, especially as a co-founder who's, you know, not the CEO, like there, there are so many like really interesting, uh, you know, components there and, and perspectives there. And so mm. I'd love for you to just share, like from Adam's, you know, perspective, what are some of the more interesting milestones throughout the Zimi journey? And, you know, you could go all the way back to the beginning um, or you could just start from 2018 and, and move forward. Like since 2018, you guys made a huge product shift, like between 2018 and we're now in, you know, 2022 here. Like what have been some more, some, some of the more interesting or, or notable milestones? It's a good question. I think that, you know, I have a lot of gray hair. <laughs> I was looking back from uh, 2017 and I was like, wow, I don't have any gray hair in 2017. All of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> all this gray hair. And so uh, last five years have been a little rough on me. Lots more wrinkles, a lot of gray hair. Um, but a lot of that actually came from, you know, an, uh, a cadence that wasn't um, sustainable, hmm. right, in terms of work-life balance. And so um, especially in the early days of Zimi, it was, you know, just working really long hours, like 12 hour days going into the office on Saturdays, like 
every single moment I had, like I'd wake up at 3 a.m., I'd check Slack, right? I'd check my email. Like I just became addicted to work. I became addicted to my vice. I became addicted to work. You know, I'd go to the playground. We all lived in the Bay Area and I'd go to the playground with my kids, you know, on a Saturday and like I'm checking my phone, right? And I'm checking my email while the kids are playing. I'm not really paying attention to them. And so my life just became consumed and my identity was really wrapped up in the company, right? So if you were to take away Zemi at that point in my life, like I, I think like it would have been devastating mm-hmm. because it was so much of my identity. Um, and uh, it's a really unhealthy place to be as a founder, right? And I think that as founders, we oftentimes actually find ourselves in that place because we get value, right, from what we do. Um, but you really have to work into your life some really significant daily rhythms of rest, fitness, um, just spiritual health, whatever it may be that is right for you. I think you really need to take time and of course, spend time with your loved ones. Uh, for me, you know, I have a wife and three kids. And so just honing in on that time with them is is so much more important. And actually the counterintuitive aspect of this is like, you think, you know, the more you work, the more you grind, the more you're actually going to accomplish. And it's not true right? There, there's, it's very counterintuitive. You can actually be far more productive if you're building in good rhythms of daily rest um, and really unplugging um, and, you know, focusing on the people around you, you know, that are your loved ones um, and building into your team at your company, not based around their ability to do more work, yeah. right? Building into team based on who they are as human beings and loving them well, uh, and understanding them and knowing about their families and things like that. So I just throw that out there. I know you're asking about like milestones, but I think, you know, a significant milestone for me was that realization, you know, probably around early 2018, um, I was just kind of unsustainable cadence. Um, and so that's where, you know, a lot of my stress and gray hair came from. <laughs> you know, we brought, uh, Vanessa in, um, and she joined in October of 2018 Um, and you know, she brought a very, you know, refreshing, um, beautiful, um, culture to Zimi in terms of focusing on family and just making sure there was good rest. And, and it's not that you don't work hard, you work hard, right. Uh, but you end up being far more productive because you're a bit, your ability to unplug and your ability to, um, you know, really spend time with your loved ones is much more of a focus for you. And so, you know, Vanessa has two little ones and, I think, you know, it's a, it's a core to who she is, right. To spend time with her, her kids and her husband. And so that seeps down into the culture of Zimi. You end up having a multi-generational impact on your team, right? Because instead of going home and complaining at the dinner table, you know, oh my goodness, like Zimi's just making me work and grind, you know, to the day I die. Now they're at the dinner table and they're talking about, man, I love it at Zimi. Like I love the culture that we built, right? So there's a multi-generational blessing because then you have your kids sitting there and they're hearing about good redemptive aspect of work. They're not just hearing about, oh, like, you know, the company's making me grind till I die. So that's a very significant milestone that's not really tied to product. It's not tied to, you know, financing or anything along those lines or new partner schools or anything along those lines, Um, but a very significant milestone in my own life, a very significant milestone in the company, I think. And so um, from there, right, from that milestone stems other, you know, milestones that are directly tied to business productivity uh, and to su- success as a business. So once we got that culture right, I think that's where we started to see, you know, precipitous growth, right? And so some milestones for us, you know, I think in 2018, when Vanessa came on, we had, you know, maybe three college partners. So it was very tiny. Um, we, you know, immediately, you know, grew to, I think, 50 colleges within a year. 
um, of joining. And then I think we're hovering around 150 now um, since then. And so um, there's been, you know, significant, great growth. Um, the product milestones, I think, is, you know, in the early days, it's so hard because you're building simultaneously on Android and iOS, right? Because for college admissions, you can't just come in and say, hey, like, we're only building on iOS. Like, you, you know, from a finance and resource perspective, it actually makes more sense just to have a website and like do one build like on iOS and not Android simultaneously because you're hiring two different teams, mm, right? Yeah. And you're trying to manage two different teams from a product perspective. Um, so you're spending a lot of money and resources to build out those experiences. And it's really, really hard to hit something that Gen Z wants, right? So I think that that is a huge milestone for us. You know, when we first launched Zemi, I think, you know, there's so many bugs like an iOS and he's just like constantly putting out fires. Right. And, um, and so, you know, you'd have students come in in 2018, like, oh man, this thing's, you know, kind of whacked out. Like, I like it. Like the concept makes sense, but like this thing's like super buggy. And like, so a milestone for us was really, you know, we brought in some incredible talent on Android, um, a guy named Justin Camp, um, who is our uh, head of engineering now, um, director of engineering. And so then, uh, on the iOS side as well, we've brought in a ton of talent and so that the app has just gotten so good, mm-hmm. right? It's very rare that you ever hear students talk about bugs, um, or our college partners talk about bugs. Um, and then just the feature sets we started bringing in, right? Like friend finder was a big one. Um, so for the students to be able to come in and just match on interests and passion. So if I'm in the backpacking and hiking, I can come in, you know, to Zimi now, I can look at University of Montana and I can match with anybody else, you know, that shares the same passions and interests of me. And that kicks off a lot of direct chat. Um, our chat engineer in, he's actually in Russia, his name's Sergey, and we have another chat engineer named Igor. Um, They're just pretty much, you know, two of the best developers wow. um, as to chat infrastructure in the world. Um, and so they've created chat infrastructure that literally, I mean, you think about a, a school like Berkeley, their community is like 50,000 students on Zimi, right? And so you can have chat going on in that type of large group, right? Where people are getting pinged with notifications. Like that's, you need serious chat infrastructure in place to manage that type of large group. And so Zimi, you know, was really the first company to do that in the higher ed space. Um, and so, you know, another milestone for us, I would say, is like when we start just hitting top 100 on the app store. Right. At that point, like we were no longer really competing with other higher ed companies. Our competition is more Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, because you're you're trying to vie for student attention. Yeah. Right. The average student comes back 13 times a day now. Right. So we're not really competing with other technology in higher ed. We're competing with the best social apps in the world. Uh, and that's hard. That's really hard because you're, talking, you're going up against companies that are worth billions of dollars and they have thousands of engineers. So you got to bring something that the students actually want to come back for. Cause you're not going to compete with the snaps in terms of all the technological features you can bring filters, all these various things, right? Like they're just, they're, they're amazing. Um, but you can compete on value proposition, right? Like why would I be on Zimi over snap? I'm going to be on both, but what is Zimi bringing that is advantageous to me as a student? Yeah. Um, I think a milestone for us that was significant is when we started hitting top 100 and, we're consistently top 100 now. I mean, last couple of weeks ago, we were top 25. We hit number 21 most downloaded social app in the world. Um, and, you know, again, I mean, if it had been up to me, like I would have, you know, sank this shit many times over. That's <laughs> um, at the helm and with this team that we built, um, it's just been a really cool milestone to see that. So 
hopefully, you know, sorry, long, no, no, long no, that was, there. that was all, that was all incredible, man. I really appreciate that, that detail. And yeah, it's, it's been fun watching you guys and, and following you guys on social and just sort of seeing these milestones and getting to, you know, celebrate from afar, um, with you all. It's, it's certainly very, very excited. And, and also just like anecdotally, I think I, I might've mentioned this to you or, uh, definitely soup on your team that, you know, my, my sister who's going through the college search process, my younger sister right now, like she, and I overheard her and her friend talking about Zimi at a family dinner a, oh, couple, cool. a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. it was like, you guys, oh my gosh, you have no, idea. like I, I stayed at the co-founder of Zimi's phone <laughs> ranch in Wyoming. Like it was, it was, it was super fun moment. Um, You're like, wait, that, that beautiful old dude with gray hair. <laughs> you guys, you guys scored me like so many cool points. Um, you know, you, you know the people that made Zimi? Uh, anyways, I digress, but, um, but That's funny, man. <laughs> dude, I, I think what would be, what would be fun is walk us through how it, how Zimi actually works. So if I'm like a high school junior yeah. and I download the Zimi app from the app store, what happens yeah. next? Yeah. Um, so you get to the app store. Um, the, I think the thing that's again, you know, that's been really helpful for us is just, there's we're close to 8,000, you know, reviews on Zimi. Um, so 4.7 stars. And so if you're hitting iOS or Android, like, you know, this, the students are testifying to the fact that it's an app that they like and that they want. Um, and so that helps us a lot. That helps us a lot. Like last night, you know, we had 2,200 downloads. Um, and so you're getting students that are, in, you know, adopting this at very high rates now. Um, and so you go to the app store, you know, and there's that student, you really do need that validation. Right. Otherwise, you are going to have a hard time getting downloads on your app, you know, in the early days when it's like, you know, you got, uh, you know, a couple of reviews and, and nobody really cares. Like it's hard. Yeah. Right. I mean, they hit that. and They're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, so you got to you do have to, you know, so that was a great milestone for us. And so, um, you know, the students will download the app and then, yeah, input their cell phone number. They get a verification code and then they come right in. I mean, on the product side, like our our purpose there is like, let's get them in under a minute. Mm. Right. So if you're building on an app like this, like you want for Gen Z, like let's get them in as soon as we possibly can and get them experiencing the app and kind of finding that delight within the experience as soon as possible. And so when they do that, you know, in the onboarding process, we're shooting for less than a minute to be able to get in and get your information in there in terms of passions and interests that you like, schools that you're interested in. And then we're immediately dropping you into those chats. So as soon as you come in, you're dropped into a chat with other students that are interested in the same school. So if you're a high school junior, right, you're now exploring colleges through the lens of other students that are interested in those colleges. And so are you, so the student um, that downloads the app to get in, are they immediately prompted to like, hey, these are some school, like, do, do they fill out some sort of form, like, tell us what kinds of schools that you're interested in? Or like, are you dropping, you're just immediately dropping them into like the high school junior, like general chat or like how does that work yeah so we don't do you know hey like are you looking at a school in new jersey you know here's you know some options for you if you're looking at this major i think there's a lot of companies that you know hone in there and do that well um what we do well is we help students just connect and make friends and it's really more focused on the lead conversion right i would say that most colleges even though their mindset oftentimes is kind of stuck in lead gen and not to say you know lead gen is important most colleges don't have a lead gen problem. They have a lead conversion problem, mm. right? You have a lot of names. You have a lot of students who are actually interested because your team's done a good job, right? You've been reaching out to students forever. You've done a good job. The question is now, how do you convert? And a lot of colleges, they still rely on themselves mm. to drive that conversion. 
Zimi partners, they rely on the voice of other prospective students to drive conversion, right? So what they've discovered is, you know, most colleges are kind of still thinking in the lines of, oh, like, you know, at the bottom of your marketing funnel, your advocates, right? And my advocates, clearly my advocates are only those current students that are on campus. And that's a great voice, right? No one would deny that that's a good voice. It's not nearly as powerful as a prospective student voice, yeah. right? It's fired up about your university. It's their dream school. They can't wait to get there. And you're giving them a megaphone because they're already an advocate at the bottom of your funnel. And they're now speaking to those, their true peers, right? They're speaking to those other students that are still in the same process. And in higher ed, you know, in education in general, we've really, you know, done a disservice to the idea of peer-to-peer, right? It's a very, it's a significant misnomer in higher ed, right? People say peer-to-peer, and oftentimes what they're talking about is they're talking about a high school senior to a junior in college, yeah. right? Like we're going to use the current student voice as their peer. I have a 13-year-old daughter, right? I have, you know, if you ask any kid in high school, if they're a peer with a kid in college, they will tell you absolutely not. <laughs> it's, it's two different worlds, right? It's literally two different worlds at this point. So who is the peer of the junior in high school? Who is the peer of the senior in high school? It's the junior in high yeah, school. Yeah. It's the senior in high school, right? And why? Because they're going through the same exact phase of life. Who are they going to be friends with on campus? Is it the junior in college? No, it's going to be the kid that they're sitting at the cafeteria with and they're eating with. It's going to be the kid they're in the dorm room with. It's really, you know, there's these simple things like these are the kids they are going to be in classes with. Right. So you want to bring that voice that is most pertinent to them. And so that's where Zimi, you know, is so significant in terms of that lead conversion. Um, and I think even when we launched Zimi, we thought, oh, yeah, like that current student voice, the kids can't wait. They're going to love it. You know, and it just we found like it's not nearly as powerful yeah. as helping them with the true peers. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense just knowing what we know about Gen Z behavior, too, and this idea that Gen Z is just very aware of anyone that's got a particular agenda in selling them anything, right? And so even even yep. the idea of like connecting with a current student at a college or university, while that, again, I think can be a very helpful step in, in the admissions process, these these students understand that the people that they're talking to at that school like they have a they have bias right like they they are already they, they are a student ambassador of that school like absolutely and therefore the conversation that they have with that student is always going to be met with some level of skepticism right yep. um whereas to your, to your point right like if i'm talking to a a high school junior i live in dc they live in california we're both kind of interested in the same school we can talk about that and you know, the kind of conversation that we have that we that we can have is just so much more candid and honest because, you know, both of us understand that the other has has no agenda. Like we've got no dog in the fight. Yep. Yeah, that's 100 percent. Yeah, absolutely correct. Zach. And, you know, Soup talks about this a lot that it doesn't always have to be about your school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like maybe they just want to talk about what Netflix show they're binge watching. Yeah. Great. Let them do that. Right. They, they don't want to just sit there and talk about your quad all day. Like they want to get to know each other and make friends. And so, you know, I think that, um, you know, and soup has done a fantastic job of really, I think, educating a lot of people in higher ed about this, like, because being on that side of the desk, right. He, you know, oftentimes was trying to continue, you know, get the conversation going about the school. Um, it makes sense. Like you want them talking about your school, you want them asking questions about the school, but in reality, these kids just want to make friends. Yeah. Right. Like you're saying, they just want to make friends. You think about Gen Z, you know, 89% of Gen Z today says they want to have good friends by the time they reach campus. Mm. Wow. Right. When I was in college, like I, you know, I was, you know, lucky if I made a friend by second semester. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> you're, 
you, I mean, today, like they have this expectation that I'm actually already going to have my friends. And these are people I haven't met yet yeah. in person. I'm going to have my friends before I even get to campus, 89%. So if you're not creating a paradigm, which allows them to make those friendships as early as possible, I'm telling you, you are, you are way behind, yeah. you are way behind in higher ed. Um, and this is only going to become more pronounced. Because when you look at Gen Z, what do they do, right? They sit on the couch and they watch Netflix with their friends who are in a different house, right? They're watching, they, they jump on and they play Fortnite together with people across the country. They are so collective and communal. And yet, and yet, right, what do we do in higher ed and education in general? You know, everything else in their life is collective. Everything else in their life is communal. I get to the admissions process and now it's siloed. Now it's me in the college, right? Or it's me and the current student. Like it's this one-on-one conversation. And that is not what Gen Z is used to. It's not what they expect. And it's not what they're going to respond to ultimately in the end. And I think that the fact that students are coming back 13 times a day to see me, you know, what do they come back to your website? Maybe once or twice in a year, they come back 13 times a day to an app to connect with other students that are interested. So it's just because that's what they desire. That's that's the paradigm they know. Yeah. What I what I imagine is also sort of unique about what you guys have built too is while students could certainly connect with their peers on Instagram and Snap and and, and in fact do, I, I would imagine that there's not that the conversation is always professional, but like that there is there is sort of a, a, a unique expectation for like the kind of conversation that's gonna happen in Zimi. Meaning like it's it's okay to talk about college or it's okay to talk about sort of like fears or or concerns or ask questions about the admissions process because you know that that's that's the place where it's most appropriate to do that whereas i can imagine in the you know on on other social networks it might be you know quote unquote not not too cool to talk about those things zimi's kind of created and facilitated an environment where you can have you can talk about your latest favorite netflix show but then you can also talk about, Hey, what, what schools are people considering? Like what, what majors are you considering and why? And it's like, okay to ask those, 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 those questions. It's, it's, it's a space where that's like welcomed and encouraged while also still being able to talk about, you know, what snack you ate after lunch today. So super, super cool. Um, yeah, that's absolutely a good point. I'm curious to to hear how colleges and universities are using Zimi. So you mentioned you guys are uh, around 150 college and university partners right now. Like, how are schools using Zimi to garner insight about prospective students? Or, I you know, I imagine they're they're paying for access to to Zimi data. Like, how yeah. does that work? Yeah, yeah. So all of those things, right? So first and foremost a lot of colleges that we partner with, they just want to be in that space where students are and they understand what you're saying, right? Like a lot of these students, it's not, the conversation isn't just going to be revolving around us. We're just helping them make those connections very early on as early as, you know, juniors in high school, right. Or seniors in high school or even sophomores, right. Where you're starting to initiate those conversations and they're meeting with other students that share the same interests and passions, same values, like looking at the same school, um, so that's important just to have that presence there. Yeah. I mean, we have 1200 active college communities on Zimi. So whether you're part, you know, whether the school's partnered or not, you know, we're not going to deny access to our students to be able to talk about any given school. Sure. And so many of these schools, their, their, their groups are bigger than their Facebook groups where they're actually directing students, right? <laughs> they're, they're, their groups have like 
I mean, a hundred X amount of chat that they're going to see on Facebook, right? Because what happens on Facebook? Like you, you, you launch an admitted student group and what happens immediately after that, right? Like, oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. Peace. I'm going to snap. Yeah, and exactly. they bounce exactly. every school. Yep. You know? So a lot of schools that came over to Zimi realized that was happening, right? Like, hey, like we're setting up these Facebook groups, like number one, like I can't get adoption. Like the kids, yeah, the kids don't have Facebook, <laughs> right? And then number two, you know, because literally grandma and grandpa on there, like great grandma, right? My daughter's great grandma was on Facebook, right? So are they really going to go to Facebook and feel like it's a private space? They don't feel like that, right? So they're not going to be there. Two, if you do get them there, right, the engagement dies immediately because they're they're bouncing, right? It's like, thanks for setting up this connection point. We're out. Um, and so that's where a lot of schools came over and realized, okay, precipitous decline in Facebook adoption. Only 3%, 3% of Gen Z today says Facebook's their go-to social platform. And I, yeah, I mean, if you go ask like any student on the street, I've yet to meet a student that said they had Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all my daughter's friends, not a single one of them has Facebook, right? So that's where we started to see a lot of adoption because that was helpful for these schools. Like, okay, clearly this is not working anymore. We need to do something else. Um, and so from that, right. Was okay. Now we have a space where you, these students can connect and they can engage. And we allow the colleges also just to have data on that engagement, right? Like, cool. Like the student is, you know, highly engaged with your university, um, or, you know, these students aren't that engaged, but maybe you thought they were. And so we have a predictive deposit score, um, that allows the colleges to ascertain, okay, what's the likelihood the student has an inquiry, you know, is really interested in our school and, and wants to, to be here. And it allows the counselors to be able to say, okay, this is a student we might want to spend a little more time on a little more attention on and see if we can help them, um, you know, cross the line in terms of this being a good fit for them. So, um, that data is really important to our college partners. Um, and you know, just the community in general, where you're really building brand and, and, and allowing Gen Z to see, wow, like you've actually set something up for me that I'm going to use. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's really powerful. I mean, you'll see students on Zimi all the time. Like I love, you know, that the school allows like us to connect like this, you know, and invites us into this. They talk about that all the time. Um, because they understand like this school actually gets Gen Z, yeah. right. They understand. What doing. Um, and so. Yeah, hopefully that's helpful in terms of, you know, some of the value propositions to the college. Yeah, yeah. And then how how are, like, your guys' partnerships actually structured? Like, is it schools buy, like, an annual membership to Zimi and they get access to X amount of yep. data per year? Like, like, how does that work? Yeah, so we have a light pro and premier partnership, okay. right? And those are normally going to be, you know, divided based on um, – those are broken down based on, you know, what is the data that you need? What are the features that you need in Zimi, you know? all of those things, how much strategy do you need for Zima to lean in? And so that's kind of how we structure the pricing. Um, so they can come in on light pro or premiere and it's an annual uh, subscription. Okay, cool. And you know, for, I, I've seen you guys, you know, blowing up obviously, and we are hearing uh, more chatter from even in, in Rollify subscribers. People are asking like, Hey, does anyone use Zimi? Like what are, you know, what are people thinking about Zimi and whatnot? Like I feel like in the past six to 12 months in particular, you guys have just become even more of a household name in higher ed. Um, and I'm curious, like, how do you guys talk to your college partners and college universities partners about like the KPIs they should use to, to measure success with Zimi? Cause I would imagine yeah. like, it's, it's super interesting, right? Like it's like, oh, wow, getting access, understanding that there's conversation happening about us is, is cool. And being able to monitor that in some way, shape or form is, is great. But then beyond that, like how, how are folks kind of measuring the value of Zimi and um, how do you guys help them 
understand the kind of ROI they should expect from the platform. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So, I mean, there's qualitative and there's quantitative, right? And I think that the qualitative aspects of Zimi are very evident out the gate, yeah. right? So you're, you're literally, colleges are blown away because you launch a community on Zimi and immediately, you know, you're getting thousands upon thousands of chats within a 12 hour period. Wow. Yeah. That's more chats than they're getting on any other platform an entire year for class and one night and, and 12 hours. Right. And this is just going on throughout the entire year yeah. and you run live events. And so, I mean, you can run a live event and have thousands of chats in a live event, right. In a 30 minute event. Yeah. And so, because there's just a demand for the students to connect and engage. And so there's that qualitative aspect, right? Like, Oh my goodness. Like, I did not know that there's like this much built up potential for these students to chat and engage. And so that qualitative aspect is important in the sense of, wow, okay. There's something here. When you're talking to VPs of enrollment and you're talking to CFOs or whoever it may be, you have to, you definitely have to bring the quantitative aspect as well. And, and, and I mean, for anybody in missions, right? Like they're all, nobody, you know, is naive enough to think like, oh, we don't need data to prove that this is actually sure, impactful, sure. right? So everybody wants the quantitative aspect, everybody on the missions team, marketing team, everybody. So the quantitative piece of that is, okay, now let's take that engagement and let's translate that into, you know, true KPIs and, and quantitative data. If a student joins your community as an inquiry, right? What is the chance they're going to apply versus students or inquiries that don't join, mm. right? On Zimi, it's two times more likely that if they join as an inquiry, they're going to um, apply to your university. If they join Zimi, they're three times more likely to yield wow. and their half is likely to melt, right? Now, some of that is going to be um, correlation and some of that's going to be causation, sure, right? Sure. So what's the correlation, right? The correlation piece is you're actually inviting in students that are already fired up. Yep. So yeah, clearly those are students that are going to deposit and yield. But what's the causation? The causation is it's because of that voice, because you're inviting in those students that are fired up, they become the catalyst for getting other students excited. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's really, you know, Garvel Kendrick at Zimi, who's our head of data research, uh, is just fantastic. He talks about it as a thermostat, right? You have your thermometer where you can kind of read the you know, the community in terms of like its excitement, but then you have the thermostat, which turns up the heat, right? So these students that you're inviting in, they're already fired up. You're giving them the megaphone. They're turning the heat up for the other students. That's going to have a big impact on your app rates, your yield and your melt. So at the end of the year, what we're looking at is, okay, how many of these students, you know, um, you know, what was the conversion rate for these students around Zimi versus not on Zimi is one, you know, some of the metrics we're looking at. We're also looking at, okay, how many students were already on Zimi? Yeah. Right that you did it, they were not following your community. So every single college has what we call community matched, right? So these are going to be students that were already on Zimi. They chose not to follow that college, yep. right? Because the average student on Zimi is coming in, they're following eight colleges on average, right? As an inquiry. We'll have so many partners that come on board and it's like, they partner is like, Hey, by the way, we just moved 2000 other students into your community that were already on Zimi. And they're like, oh, well, because it matched with their inquiry list, yeah, right? Yeah. So we invite students into their community. Of those, you're going to have students every single year that deposit. And so we're going to pass that back to you in terms of, hey, those students, they chose not to follow you on Zimi. When you partnered, they actually came into your community. They're a part of your live events. They're part of your chat. They made friends at your community. Um, and so they ended up depositing. And here's the impact on NTR, right? And when we get into NTR discussions, you know, just like any vendor, you know, we're going to be sensitive to the fact that there's so many various things that the emissions team is doing, the marketing team is doing. And so we're not trying to take credit for all sure. of that. But I think, you know, how we break it down for colleges makes a lot of sense. 
and they see the value both qualitative and quantitatively at the end of the cycle and throughout the cycle. And I would, ma- I would imagine like in real time too, a lot of this, a lot of the conversation happening in their respective communities can help inform marketing campaigns can help inform like how they should change their language and their communication flows, right? Like if, if everyone in Zemi in their Zemi community is talking about a particular topic or a particular program or major, or they're reacting to some sort of campaign that they saw or an email they got, right? Like I'd imagine that data alone, being able to understand like, what is, you know, what are, you know, what are people saying on, on the ground level about us and, and, and what's working, and what's not. That information alone, I think, is incredibly valuable. And if you can get that in real time and change up some of that messaging, some of that communication, even the channels where you're spending money throughout the academic year, that's incredibly valuable. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, I, I would assume that that's, um, that, 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 that can be, you know, uh, that, that can make all the difference in terms of how schools yield, how schools decide where to start spending and stop spending. So, um, Absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah. It informs a lot of communications. And I think some of the data that we've been collecting too, you know, that's really helpful for colleges. It's just kind of unique data sets, right? Like, like, Oh, my Harry Potter house is Hogwarts or is, uh, you know, Griffin, yeah, yeah. right? Like, so you have like, it's like these weird, you know, unique things, but like, how does that inform your comps? Right? Like, Hey, to all my Gryffindors out there, like, it's just so unique yeah. in terms of the ways that you can outreach and, and connect with students outside of just their major, or just some of the, you know, traditional information that we've been collecting. Um, and, you know, it's personalized, yeah. like it's making it much more personalized for the student, which they appreciate. Right. And I think that um, it, what you're saying is absolutely correct. And we'll see colleges, they'll build it into their inquiry, um, you know, cadence into their applicant cadence into, um, you know, admit and commit and all those things and just making sure, Hey, like, Hey, our community's on Zemi, you know, our community's on Zemi. Like you're going to meet other students interested on Zemi. You're going to meet other applicants on Zemi. Hey, all of our admitted students are on Zemi. And so they build that into their flow, uh, into their campaigns. And we'll see schools that get up to 85% of their incoming classes. On wow. Zemi. That's incredible. Gosh. And so you got your whole class basically on the platform. Yeah. Adam, I have two final questions for you. One is just around success stories. Any, you know, quick anecdotes you can share with us about Zemi partner schools that are, are doing, you know, they're doing it all right. And they're, they're seeing some, some really cool success with Zemi. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stories from that, um, that, you know, a lot of anecdotal stories we'll get from colleges, right. Where students are hitting campus and like, Oh my goodness, like, thank you so much that you had Zemi. Like I found my best friends there. I found my roommate there. Um, so we'll often hear those from our college partners. Um, you know, in terms of metrics, like, yeah, we've just seen schools, you know, again, that, that three X on yield, that half on melt, like that is so consistent across the entire Zemi, you know, universe in terms of our college partners that you'll see that every school. So whether you're a small private school, right, or your large public university, maybe you're a community college, maybe a grad school now, right? We've been adding community colleges and grad schools. Um, you're start, you're seeing such a profound impact uh, in terms of enrollment. And, and the funny, crazy thing about this, right, is like literally you're just helping students make friends. That's it. <laughs> Not complicated, right? It's like literally all you're doing is helping to make friends. And there's a lot of people come in, they're like, oh man, like I'm going to have to get in here and like run live events every week and like chat with the students constantly. And it's like, no, you don't have to do anything. Like, just let it go. Let it be organic. It actually takes a lot off your plate as an admissions team, because all you're doing is giving yourself a step function, the amount of interaction engagement that's happening between prospective students. So those are some of the success things that we see, you know, uh, you know, shout out to, you know, Curtis 
Ferguson at USC, um, who's using Teamy uh, specifically, right, for first-gen URM recruitment, um, student access, he saw significant results last year in terms of black student enrollment at USC. We have other schools like that, like Berkeley, Amherst, um, Notre Dame, that have been using Zimi, you know, for that first-gen URM access. Um, and so those have been some really cool success stories. They'll set up, you know, specific channels for fly-in programs or specific chat channels for, um, you know, URM or first-gen or black students or Latinx, whatever it may be. And they're allowing those students to come in and really engage and connect wow. and, and build friendships. And building those friendships is so huge, right? Um, and that's really going to impact enrollment. So that's been really cool to see, um, you know, at some of the more selective schools. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, when you look at a lot of these private colleges that are more tuition dependent and they're looking, you know, to enroll more students, um, they've just seen tremendous success in, in simply saying, look, it's not so much about selling our brand constantly. Right. It's more about there's already all these students are interested. Let's help them connect. Let's help them make friends. And it's going to end up driving up our enrollment. Yeah. And I, I would imagine, too, I, I'm sure you guys have some data on this already, but like I'd imagine to people that are coming in from Zimi and already making friends and then enrolling at a college or university, like the retention on those people must be significantly higher um, than, you know, retention of, of average students simply because to your earlier point, right? If you're walking into college with friends already, right? That alone can be a sticking point for ensuring that you graduate from that institution. So it'll be interesting to see you guys do some big comprehensive report in the next couple of years of like, you know, what does retention look like with respect to folks that first connected through Zimi? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and we've been able to do a bit of that analysis um, for some early partner colleges, because obviously you have to wait until the yeah, students have exactly. you know, finished their freshman year. Um, and so, yeah, we did find, uh, you know, with uh, Point Loma in um, San Diego that uh, black student retention was much higher on Zimi wow. um, than out of it. And so, um, you know, a lot more research to be done there. That's one anecdotal story. But um, I think that you know, we're very excited to do that uh, and analyze more of the impact long term. Well, my friend, I've got one final question for you. Uh, what does the product roadmap for Zimi look like over the next 12 to 24 months? Anything you can kind of share with us about uh, things you guys are working yeah. on, features, uh, and or just, you know, other yeah. interesting problems you're trying to solve? Yeah. So for us, like, we're really interested in how do we help students continue to connect as they transition from, you know, admissions on, you know, into, you know, being a committed student or enrolled student on campus. Um, so a lot of what we're going to be bringing here in the next 12 to 24 months is going to be geared towards that on-campus experience. Um, and, you know, since we're a startup, like we're releasing, um, you know, every two weeks, right? So we have new features and new things in the app that we're trying to push every two weeks. So we don't really have like a, a more like, you know, waterfall type style of, hey, we're going to release like this huge thing, you know, um, whenever that time may be. But um, really a lot of our, the things that we're going to be adding in now are focused on um, you know, that student, uh, retention piece. Well, awesome. This has been great. I, I learned a lot, which I thought I would, uh, even I appreciate you taking time, Adam, out of your very busy schedule to, to chat with us. Um, for folks, hey, you're, you're way busier than me. You're on the road trips and you know, I get tired watching your schedule, man. It's like, you're just so busy. <laughs> no, no. I appreciate you taking time for me. Of you know? course, of course, always, <laughs> always. Um, 
And yeah, for folks tuning in that want to learn a little bit more about Zimi, there'll be a bunch of special links below in the show notes where you can kind of go and um, talk to Adam and his team. Go check out more Zimi testimonials. But um, for now, Adam, thanks for your time. This has been this has been wonderful. And yeah, it's been good catching up, man. It's, it's fun to have you on the uh, show. Zach, thank you so much. Appreciate you so much. And so thankful for what you've been doing in higher ed. You've been unbelievable. So uh, it's definitely an honor and privilege to be on the show with you.